Hello there and welcome along, friends. You're listening to episode three of the Pusel Escocia podcast. I'm your host, as always, Martin Devlin. Now, I'm on holiday this week, so this is kind of a mini-episode, and it comes to you from the kitchen table of a remote cottage high up on the hills above the world-famous Loch Ness. Real Valladolid have been cooking up a storm over the last couple of matches, and we'll analyse all of the ingredients which have had Pusella bubbling away nicely. Here's a quick taste of what you can look forward to in the show. We're serving up a double helping of Navarran cuisine, as both of our opponents in the last week hail from that particular region of Spain. For starters, Real Valladolid took on Osasuna on Friday night. We'll recap all the action from what turned out to be a very important match for several reasons. The team were also on Copa del Rey duty in midweek, as they followed in the footsteps of celebrity chef Rick Stein and travelled to Sangüesa to take on lowly CD Canto Lagua on Tuesday night. Was it a dish made in heaven, or was it a banana skin for Sergio's side? We'll look back at how our cup adventure kicked off. As much as it's hard to believe, Pocela Escocia isn't the best source of Spanish football information on the web. I know, I was shocked when I found out too. We'll start with the very best though, as we kick off our Account of the Week feature, looking at a group which has grown from relative unknowns to becoming the master chefs of Spanish football coverage. All of that, coming up on this mini-edition of the Pusella Escocia podcast. Real Valladolid took on Osasuna at the José Zoria last Friday night and emerged with a 3-2 win. Some people might think that it's maybe a bit early in the season to be talking about matches as being crucial, but this one was as close to that as a match in December could be, with both sides occupying places in the relegation zone and Los Rojillos being one point and one place ahead of Pocella. That meant that whichever team won would escape from sitting above the trapdoor and it is exactly this kind of match where Real Valladolid need to be picking up points. Sergio made four changes to the side who lost 2-0 at Atletico Madrid the previous weekend and reverted back to his traditional 4-4-2 look with Jordi Massip in goals taking the captaincy again. Ahead of him a back four of Nacho Martinez at left back, a central pairing of Bruno González and Joaquin Fernández with Saidi Janko at right back. The midfield four comprised of Oscar Plano on the left who had a goal and two assists in his last three matches, Ruben Alcaraz, Roque Mesa making his second start in a row, and Fabian Orellana outright. The strike partnership was Marcos André and the as-yet scoreless Sean Weissman. However, this tag was blown away by the Austrian, who put his side into the lead after seven minutes for his first ever goal for the club, and it was worth the wait. Credit must go to Janko for keeping the move alive on the right flank, after a misplaced pass by Plano for Orellana was gathered by the Swiss right-back, and he found Plano with a pass. Weissman pointed to where he wanted the ball and delayed his run by just a split second to freeze the central defenders before bursting into the box. Plano played a neat clip ball over the top and the Israeli controlled well before pivoting and firing past Sergio Herrera in the Osasuna goal to finally open his scoring account in white and violet. Other than the goal, the opening exchanges were very evenly distributed among both sides. In fact, after 20 minutes of play, the possession was split exactly 50-50 as you might expect from sides so close to each other in the league. But as the first half progressed, Osasuna began to assert themselves in front of goal a bit more. Shortly before the half-hour mark, Osasuna were back on level terms through Ante Budimir. 
The Croatian striker was a summer capture from relegated Real Mallorca, but had attracted the attention of Real Valladolid during the transfer window before the eventual arrival of Weissmann. Osasuna captain Oyer had retrieved a Pozella clearance before playing a deep cross into the box. Joaquin stepped forward in an attempt to play Budimir offside, but this didn't really work out and it allowed the forward to head in. Glenn Taylor, who was handling the commentary on La Liga TV and I think is a brilliant commentator, summed it up perfectly when he said that Pozella defend really well as a unit. I'm all in agreement with this, this is 100% true, but I'm still seeing these little individual errors creeping in which end up costing us dearly. This is a worrying trend this season, which wasn't apparent last year, and I think a large part of it is to do with an inconsistency in the back four. There have been several changes, and of course we lost Mohamed Salisu, and Kiko Olivas is a long-term injury layoff, unfortunately. Another individual error was made three minutes after Budimir's goal when Janko stationed himself too deep at his right-back position. This allowed Juan Cruz and Ruben Garcia to progress down that side, with the latter sending in a cross for the Croatian striker, which thankfully he wasn't able to connect with this time, but it wasn't far away. And we kind of fell asleep again a couple of minutes before half-time when Osasuna had a free kick midway into our half, and they took it before the defence had properly got set, and a deep ball in caused us some problems in the box as the ball bobbled around a bit before a shot eventually went wide. However, we didn't escape into the break without further punishment, and a pretty lax defensive spell saw Osasuna take the lead. They had a throw-in deep in our half, taken by their left-back, Cruz. He was trying to pick out Budimir, but couldn't link up, and it bounced towards Garcia, who boxed out Bruno in a kind of basketball way. Garcia attempted a sort of half-volley, which he missed, but the ball fell into the path of Roberto Torres, and he lashed the ball home despite the best efforts of Nacho and Bruno to throw a block. It could have ended up worse with one final moment before the half-time whistle causing panic in our defence, and again it was from a set-piece. A free kick for the visitors came whipped into our box and the ball seemed to come through a whole host of players before rebounding off Budimir and was kept out by a point-blank instinctive save from Masip who scooped it off the line. There were shouts for handball by Bruno as the ball had seemed to brush him on its way into Budimir but the whole thing was very unclear and the referee ended up bringing the half to an end. But this only served as notice that we can be very susceptible to conceding, especially from set pieces or crosses swung into our box. At halftime we were a goal down and although the bulk of the danger had come from Osasuna, the stats showed a pretty even match in other areas. Possession sat at 56% to 44% in favour of the visitors and both sides had played roughly the same amount of passes. The second half was only 8 minutes old when Pusella were gifted a golden opportunity to tie the scores. Joaquin headed a corner over the bar but as he did so he was absolutely clattered to the ground by Osasuna keeper Herrera. Immediately the referee signalled for the spot kick, although it took some time for the dust to settle among the protestations of the visiting players. Penalty duties fell to Oriana and he sent Herrera the wrong way, burying the ball into the roof of the net to grab his second goal of the season and his team's second of the night to draw level. That's now five penalties awarded to Real Valladolid in 13 matches this season in the league, which is a lot considering we had six all of last season in 38 league matches and seven penalties awarded in season 2018-19. Currently, Real Sociedad lead the league with seven awarded and we sit in joint second with Valencia and Villarreal on five. Curious. What's more curious is only two teams haven't yet been awarded a single one and they are Huesca and Cadiz both of whom are promoted teams. Fellow promoted side Elche have won award. Now, it's not quite classified as an X-File yet, but it's definitely something I'm keeping an eye on. After the second goal, Pusella started to click into gear and Roque Mesa began to show his impact in the game. 
He played a delightful through ball for Weissmann and this fashioned a chance as the striker played the ball out to Nacho who squared it back across goal and Weissmann went for the spectacular back heel unaware that possibly the better option would have been to leave it for the arriving Plano or even Marcos André behind him. Janko gave the ball away carelessly when he could have cleared it up the touchline and this led to Jonathan Caleri drawing a save from Masip. Again, it's these sloppy little errors giving the other side a chance. I felt like overall Nacho played a very good game. He was up and down that left-hand side, but the most impressive thing he did was tracking all the way back as Osasuna absorbed a free kick from Real Valladolid and hit the break downfield, which Nacho got all the way across to the right-back slot to stifle, before driving forward and winning the foul in midfield to allow the team to regroup. Mesa continued to run things competently in midfield, and it got me thinking, is he the quality ball distributor that we've been missing for several years? He looks like he's cementing his place in the midfield alongside Alcaraz, and I'm down for that. When Kiko Olivas returns, I wonder if we'll see Joaquin being used more in midfield again, or if they'll pair up in central defence, which would essentially freeze out Javi Sanchez. Now, we're a long way away from that being an issue, but it definitely got me thinking. Mesa was replaced by Kike Perez on 74 minutes after a great shift. Pocella continued to threaten the Osasuna goal, this time through André, running in from the left and hitting a right-footed shot across the face of goal, which was repelled expertly by Herrera. The Brazilian was instrumental in what would turn out to be the winning goal just five minutes later. He won the ball in his own half and sent Hervias, who had been a 65th-minute substitution for Janko, who I thought had struggled at times, up the right flank. He played a quick 1-2 with Jota before sending in a right-footed cross and Weissman did the rest by getting in between Torres and Aridane to head home. Weissman had a great match, even outside of his two goals. His movement was sharp and he's very good at communicating where he wants the ball played. There seemed to be a good understanding between him and the players around him. Even when a move didn't come off, he was applauding and encouraging those around him. And I feel that bodes well. He and André would be my pick as the starting two strikers because I really feel now Sergi Guardiola has run his course as a starter in Valladolid and should probably be used more as a bench player. 12 goals and 63 appearances for the club where he's been the main striker for the bulk of those matches is a pretty poor return and already André has three in six starts and Weissman has now banked two goals in four starts so they definitely have the form with them. As Osasuna turned up the heat with three strikers searching for an equaliser of their own, Sergio responded by playing five at the back. By the time the match finished, we were lining up with Nacho, Sanchez, Bruno, Joaquin and Hervias across the back, Plano, Fede, Perez and Jota in front, and Marcos André up top on his own. Aside from a few scares at the end, we hung on for a massive three points. I think that there were occasions towards the end, such as Jota being clearly fouled, but nothing being given which then sparked an Osasuna attack, where in the past we would have perhaps conceded in situations like that, but maybe the tide is turning in our favour. Who knows? I certainly hope so. With Levante losing out eventually to Barcelona later on, Pucello were able to round out the weekend in 17th place, two points outside the relegation zone. On to the Copa del Rey now, and Real Valladolid had been drawn away to Club Deportivo Canto Lagua in the third division. The match took place in the Estadio Municipal Canto Lagua, also known as the Estadio Mercantondoa, up in the town of Sanguesa in Navarre on Tuesday night. Canto Lagua are a small team, as most teams are in the third division, but they could boast a passionate group of fans who lined the outskirts of the stadium and up along the hillside to create a fantastic atmosphere for the match to be held in, with flags, chants and banners. 
and it actually made me miss fans being allowed in the stadiums even more. Due to the match being televised only on a very specific number of TV stations, I didn't actually have the opportunity to watch it live, but I did follow the live ticker on my football app, FopMob. If you haven't got that app, I'd highly recommend it. It's available for both Android and iOS, and it's extremely comprehensive. I use it for the bulk of my research for match previews and articles. It's very easy to use, and I haven't received a single penny for recommending it. It's just a great app. At the conclusion of the match, I watched the highlights, which are available on YouTube. It ended in a very comfortable 5-0 win for Real Valladolid, and despite putting out a massively changed team from Friday night, in fact it was all 11 players were different, their opponents never really troubled them. For this match, Sergio reverted to a 4-2-3-1 formation, with Roberto in goals, a left-back of Raul Carnero, Jawadel Yamik and young player Miguel Rubio in the middle, and Luis Perez at right back. Ahead of them was a two-man pivot of Michel, who took the captain's armband, and Fede San Emeterio. Ahead of them, on the left, Waldo, in the middle, Tony Villa, and on the right, Jota. And playing up front, there was a surprise with young player Sergio Benito making his first start for the senior side. On the bench, there was a nice mixture of a wealth of experience and young players. So some of that experience came in the form of Jordi Masip, Nacho, Fabian Oriana, Rocky Mesa, Ruben Alcaraz, Sergi Guardiola and Sean Weizmann who'd bagged two goals in his last outing. But also there was Sergio Lopez and Cookie Salazar from The Promesas. As I said at the start of the section, this match was never going to be that much of a challenge for Real Valladolid, but it did take them until just after the half hour mark to make the breakthrough. A turn and shot from the edge of the box from Jota was parried by their goalkeeper, and Tony Villa was the quickest to react, stealing in front of their left back to stab home from a tight angle to make it 1-0. Six minutes later, Pocella doubled their advantage. A free kick from the halfway line was taken by Michel and he played the ball over the top to Jota who'd managed to get in between two defenders. He got some good control on the edge of the box on his chest and onto his feet then he had a left foot shot to beat their keeper at the near post to make it 2-0. There were a couple of changes at half time and one of them was Cookie Zalazar coming on for Sergio Benito and 10 minutes after the restart he got onto the score sheet. He headed in a cross from the left from Raul Carnero managing to rise up between two of their defenders to head home. And 64 minutes, a foul by Cantalugao substitute Asier Perez on Tony Villa earned him a yellow card and gave away a free kick. Again, Michel took the free kick, floated it into the box and Tony Villa stole in front of his defender to stretch and guide the ball home for 4-0. With two minutes left to play, Tony Villa made way down the left-hand flank and then cut the ball back into the box. Ruben Alcaraz, who had come on in the second half, found space in the box and he side-footed home to round off the scoring at 5-0. So that was a nice easy match for Pocella in what's always a potentially tricky first round tie against lower league opposition. It's earned them the right to play Marbella in the next round and that tie will take place on the weekend of the 5th to the 7th of January. In our new feature, Account of the Week, I'd like to take a little bit of time now to begin highlighting great resources for Spanish football coverage and information in English. Sometimes when you start to read up on a particular subject on the internet, it's difficult to know where to begin. That's not the case in this instance. Look no further than the team at La Liga Lowdown, who provide the best in coverage of the Spanish game from all angles. While some so-called experts would rather concentrate on the big two or three sides, La Liga Lowdown consistently covers all the angles with fans and correspondents in all quarters of the country as well as around the world. 
They operate a brilliant Twitter account, which you can find at the address at La Liga Lowdown, where up to the minute news and opinions come your way. Every Monday, La Liga Lowdown releases a podcast which rounds up the weekend's action and has all the major discussion points nailed down. You can find it on their website at www.laligalowdown.com. And while you're there, check out the wealth of articles that go in-depth on various subjects. Famous faces of the past, classic matches, current superstars and stadiums past and present all feature in these well-researched, beautifully crafted pieces by a deep team of extremely talented writers. La Liga Lowdown is, without a doubt, your one-stop shop for the best in Spanish football knowledge, passion, discussion and writing. Go and check them out at www.laligalowdown.com or on Twitter at La Liga Lowdown. And so we find ourselves at the end of this mini-episode of the Pusela Escocia podcast. Things will be back to normal next week, where we will discuss this weekend's match away at Sevilla. You'll be able to find a full match preview for that one on the website at www.poselaescocia.com, where you'll also find contact details for how you can be in touch with the show. Our Player of the Week feature will begin too, so don't miss out on that. All that's left to say is thank you for joining me, stay safe and see you next week. Bye for now.